Welcome to this episode of Mentors at Your Benchside, the podcast giving you advice, tips and tools for getting the most out of your research. I'm Thomas Warwick and today I'll be giving you a rundown of what might be 10 of the worst smells in the lab. We'll also go through a tiny bit of smell science. Number 10, latex gloves. Let's start off gently with latex gloves. Not a truly offensive smell and far from being the worst lab smell, just a little off-putting. Number nine, autoclaved cell culture waste. Ever stood up and turned it for too long? No? Well, if you did, it would smell like autoclaved cell culture waste. I don't think it helps either that it's warm. Number eight, powdered vircon. It looks deceptively nice, pink and sherbet-like, but powdered vircon has an extraordinary smell, especially if you're unfortunate enough to get a little bit up your nose. Paradoxically though, I think the solution smells really nice. Number seven, fly food. Moving up the food chain to something that might start to put you off your lunch, fly food. What on earth are they putting that stuff? Number six, formaldehyde. One thing that did put me off my lunch when I was an undergraduate was formaldehyde. I had to walk past the anatomy department every day to get to the sandwich shop and never felt much like eating after that. Number five, ammonia. Into the top five with one of the big hitters, ammonia. Nauseating in low concentrations, and if you're lazy enough to adjust the pH of your buffer solutions with concentrated ammonia outside the fume mode, you'll be knocked off your feet. Number four, paraformaldehyde. This is at number four for me for a specific reason. I once spent an afternoon doing fixations with paraformaldehyde with my head stupidly inside the fume hood. Yep, don't do that. I paid for it with a weekend in which everything tasted like paraformaldehyde, and since then, it's always been one of my worst love smells. Number three, N-butanol. This top 10 could be peppered with organic solvents, but I decided just to put in my worst, N-butanol. Nasty stuff. Number two, cadaverine. The only reason cadaverine is not number one on this list is that it's not used in many standard protocols, but it's possibly the most foul-smelling thing I've ever come across. Cadaverine is a compound produced during the decomposition of animal tissue. It's actually decarboxylated lysine, and it's partially responsible for the horrible smell of rotting flesh. So it smells like decomposition in a bottle. Lovely. Number one, beta-mercaptoethanol. I think we could all guess that beta-mercaptoethanol would be near the top of this list. It's top because it's such a gut-wrenching smell and because it seems to be spilled at least once a year. On the plus side, it's used so often in sublabs that you kind of just get used to it. Onto the smell science. You might be wondering why do amines smell so bad? They're featured twice on our list, ammonia and cadaverine. But how many compounds ending in ene have you worked with that smell absolutely fetid? Pyridine, aniline, spermine? Amines are produced during proteolysis in decomposition and putrefaction. They're the smell of death. Evolution, by natural selection, is the reason these chemicals smell foul to us. A terrible smell is an effective way to warn of danger. This, as per all evolutionary benefits, increases the chances of passing on our genes. And why do sulfur compounds smell so bad? Number one on our list is a sulfur-based reducing agent like dithiothreatol smells rank. Why is that? In short, the same answer is above. Hydrogen sulfide, H2S, is another decomposition product. Evolution, passing on our genes, etc, etc. That's why both amines and sulfurous compounds are responsible for some of the worst lab smells. And here's a related fact. Hydrogen sulfide is only about half as toxic as hydrogen cyanide, and yet it's seldom bandied about as a hazardous chemical. This is because its smell is so conspicuous and we can smell it at such low concentrations that it rarely poses a hazard. And that's my list of 10 worst lab smells. Check out the episode description for links to related articles and resources. 
And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to get more help and advice from mentors at your benchside. Are you always on the go, but still seeking valuable insights to advance your research? Well, look no further than Listen In, the podcast from Bite Size Bio that offers the benefits of webinars in a portable format. With webinars featuring leading researchers and commercial specialists discussing techniques like CRISPR-Cas9 and microscopy. With Listen In, you can tap into their expertise and drive your research project forward efficiently and productively, no matter where you are. Visit bitesizebio.com forward slash podcasts or search for Listen In in your podcast app to subscribe.